mate. We, uh, we had a wonderful time away, but it's good to be back with family, isn't it? We missed you guys, really did. And uh, so excited to be here. Marianne, was your ear just um, healed? You, she had a, a blocked ear this morning, just pray for it, was just healed, it's in stereo. God loves stereo. I'm pretty sure mono is of the devil, so I'm just saying stereo is an, is an awesome thing. Um, and uh, we just believe in a God who just keeps touching people's lives. Nothing weird about it, it's just fun, and it's just amazing. And we've seen some incredible things that have been going on. Uh, this morning I want to speak on loneliness because the conversation tonight is about, or this afternoon, is about loneliness. And it's a, it's a, it's a situation that affects everybody, isn't it? I mean, have, have you, anybody here never felt lonely? Um, because, you, you, you know, you really can feel lonely. I think we all feel lonely at times, but for some of us it's a chronic problem. And uh, I was amazed to see that the Apostle Paul actually shared some of this. And uh, my text for this morning is from 2 Timothy 4. And um, the Apostle Paul actually experienced a lot of loneliness himself. And he shares that in 2 Timothy, which was the last book he wrote before he was executed. You know, if you go around Rome, there's all these, all these pictures of... of um, all the pictures, statues and stuff of, of St. Paul. You always know St. Paul because he's got a sword in his hand, one hand and a Bible in the other, because he was beheaded by Nero. And uh, so, you know, just before this, in uh, the last book, or pretty near the last book he wrote, he wrote these words, At my first defence, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. Anybody relate to that? We all feel that at times. <clears throat> he says, may it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And so I was rescued from the lion's mouth. That's the words of Paul. He felt abandoned and lonely at times. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that as we open the scriptures and we see what you have to say about loneliness, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that there will be no one who cannot take the journey out of loneliness this morning. That we could truly be a community that loves and honors God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul is one of the greatest men of the Bible, but he related here that when he needed friends at his darkest hour, no one stood with him. Have you ever experienced that? Jesus went through the same thing. <coughs> And I think you'll agree that greatness, success, money, prestige, even serving God, nothing exempts you from feeling loneliness at some point in your life. And in our society, we have come off a couple of years of being told that isolation is good and it's a good and healthy thing. But I'm telling you today, isolation is not a good and healthy thing. It's a destructive thing because, because isolation leads to loneliness and loneliness destroys. It really does. And uh, if you isolate... As we've been told to do, you may miss COVID, um, but you'll definitely catch misery, depression, and hopelessness. And we're seeing this mental health problems in our nation and right around the world have just gone screaming up. Why? Because people are lonely. And so when they isolate themselves, and remember that um, our good friends down there in, in the People's Republic of Victoria, they, they um, in Melbourne, they were locked down for the longest time of any Western city in the world. So loneliness is a real thing right now. So many people are lonely. One study <coughs> that I read suggested 80% of all mental illness is related in some way to loneliness. 
And think about it. How many hit songs have been written about loneliness? Can you think of any? Are you lonesome tonight? I watched the Elvis movie on the plane, and he's a really lonesome guy. Really lonesome. Um, Are you lonesome tonight? Only the lonely? I'm so lonely I could cry. Does anybody remember that? And even some that don't have loneliness in it. Eleanor Rigby. Very lonely, very lonely song. The Boulevard of Broken Dreams. And the most depressing song in the world, Alone Again Naturally. Have you heard that song? It's, it's depressing. And he goes through all these things in his life and what happens? Alone again, naturally. He just expects it. Why so many songs? Because we all relate in some way to loneliness. But let me point out, loneliness is not just being alone. You can be alone and not be lonely. In fact, there's a need in our life to get alone. Don't you think? We live in a crazy, mixed up, high-paced world. And sometimes we need to just get alone. Does anybody feel that need? Boy, I do. I, I say to people, the problem with the rat race is that even if you win, you're still a rat. You know, like, no one wins. You run at this incredible pace in this crazy busy world. And Jesus is our example. In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, it says this, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, departed (coughs) and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. (coughs) Excuse me, I picked up something in, yeah, anyway. Um, It's jet lag going a little bit lower. But in these busy, intense times, in an overwhelming world, Getting alone is sometimes a good thing. Now, I don't know about you, but you remember back when we had the first lockdown and uh, we, we, you know, COVID had just exploded and no one knew what to do and so they just locked everybody down, which was you know, a good thing to stop the infection. And I don't know about you, but I actually didn't mind it. Um, I actually got something out of the, the first lockdown because when I was locked down, I, I had to reset everything. All the things I was doing, I had to stop doing because... You couldn't do anything. And so <coughs> it was an opportunity to reset. And I got to slow down, reset my priorities. Got to spend time with the Lord, spend time with Fiona. In fact, Fiona loved it because she's an introvert. Are there any introverts here? Did you love lockdown? Yes. But even introverts get, get you know, lonely, right? Even if you like lo- being alone, you still have times of loneliness. And of course, in our society... You can have 500 Facebook friends and be the loneliest guy on earth because it's all artificial. We as human beings need community. Henry David Thoreau said this, a city is a place where hundreds of people are lonely together. You can be lonely in a crowd, lonely in a church, lonely in a marriage relationship. Loneliness is not about the proximity of people, it's about the value of people. Warren Wearsby said this, And uh, this is very descriptive. Listen to what he said. Loneliness is being all by yourself even when you're surrounded by people. Loneliness is a feeling of isolation even in the midst of a crowd. You feel unwanted. You feel unneeded. You feel as though there's nothing to live for. You feel as though nobody really cares anymore. That's loneliness. Loneliness eats away at the inner person. It saps you of strength. It robs you of hope. Loneliness as it were, puts a wall around you no matter how free you may be. That's pretty descriptive, isn't it? David wrote these words in Psalm 25, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. 
The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. You see, when you are lonely, your troubles are enlarged. Are we agreed? Everything seems much worse. When someone is a little crazy, um, we sometimes we say to them, the lights are on but nobody's home. Have you used that phrase? No, of course you haven't because you're too loving to do that. We say, the lights are on but nobody's home. But in loneliness, the lights are on, somebody's home but nobody cares. So given that loneliness touches us all, some more than others, what is it? How do we deal with this thing called loneliness? So we have to identify what it is, what it's doing, and then we can start to deal, we can start to look for a cure for loneliness. And if you are around this afternoon, please come to the conversation because we're going to be talking in depth and you'll be able to share and interact. We're going to be discussing this, this issue called loneliness. Remember, loneliness is not just being alone, it's being unvalued. Now, there are many types of loneliness. Let me give you a few. There's the loneliness of abandonment. If someone close to you dies or leaves you or divorces you, you feel abandoned. If you leave a job or a city, you often feel abandoned by your old friends. Many have felt sadness in leaving a church to go to another church. They feel like God wants them to move, but they don't want to leave their old friends. So there's this feeling of abandonment. Psalm 27 verse 9 says this, Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And that's a great verse. If you feel abandoned... And I know many of you have, have gone through experiences, maybe you've lost someone you love, someone you care for, someone you're close to, for whatever reason. But if you feel abandoned, I believe that this morning the Lord is saying to you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that's the loneliness of abandonment. abandonment. The, lo- the second one is the loneliness of affliction. Psalm 38 verse 11 says, My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague. My nearest kin stand far off. And haven't we seen this all around our world? If you go out into a shopping centre and sneeze, everybody goes... Because they're worried that you might have COVID. Okay, that's that's the truth. And, you know, you you can't clear your throat practically for, for, for somebody you know, pulling away from you because that's the world that we live in at the moment. When we face illness or afflictions, we can feel that no one else in the world is suffering in the way that we are. We can feel alone, isolated and abandoned by life and sometimes abandoned by God. If you are going through physical affliction at the moment, I've got to tell you something, God loves you and he, he will heal you. If you trust in him, he will, he will get you through that. He really will. We've just been praying about that this morning. Hardships, loss of jobs, severe illness and other afflictions can bring on extreme feelings of being alone in the world. Really can. And if you look at scripture, very few have suffered as Job did. I mean, Job is like the pin-up boy for sickness and suffering. Because he went through it, didn't he? Have you read Job? He went through it. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. And then he lost his health. This is what he says in Job, or or what it says in Job 19. My relatives have failed me. My close friends have forgotten me. The guests in my house and my maidservants count me as a stranger. I have become a foreigner in their eyes. My breath is strange to my wife. 
I get that sometimes. Will you please clean your teeth? It's morning breath. It's strange, you know. Then he says this, I am a stench to the children of my own mother. Every young child despises me. When I rise, they talk against me. <coughs> All my intimate friends abhor me. Those whom I've loved have turned against me. That is loneliness of affliction right there, isn't it? When you are sick, and, and how many of you know sometimes when you get really, really ill, we should gather around and support, but sometimes people just run 100 miles. The third thing is loneliness of ambition. Have you ever wondered why rich, powerful, successful, famous people report long bouts of depression and loneliness? Have you ever, ever wondered that? Man, this guy's got everything. What's he doing being, being lonely? It's because fame, power, money, success do not satisfy the basic human need of companionship. And many of the people around these famous people are not there to be their friends. They're there to suck off them. The, up, up on the screen here we have a picture. Do you know who that is? Janis Joplin. On the 4th of October 1970, Janis Joplin was found dead in a Los Angeles hotel room of a drug overdose at the height of her success. And she had recently written, listen to what she wrote. She said, when I'm not on the theatre stage, I just lie around and watch television and feel very lonely. This incredible success that she had, she just feels unbelievably lonely. And she's not the only one, of course. Marilyn Monroe died lonely. Elvis Presley once wrote, I feel so alone sometimes, help me Lord. I mean, all the success, all the fame, all the money, but it's the ambition, you know, that drives them, but it, it's very lonely. Presidents, authors, people great and small all grapple with loneliness. Rudyard Kipling wrote this, the human soul is essentially a very lonely thing. We are born alone, we die alone, and in the depths of our heart we live alone. It's pretty miserable, isn't it? The Bible says this in Luke 9, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses or forfeits his soul? And see, that you can, you can have all of the things in the world, but if you lose your soul, it's a poor bargain. If you're alone and you have all of this but you're miserable and alone, it's a poor bargain. You can be rich and famous but utterly miserable. Um, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 talks about this and I've got this in the Message Bible because it's very, it's very descriptive. Have a listen to what it says. A solitary person, completely alone, no children, no family, no friends, yet working obsessively late into the night, compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask why am I working like a dog, never having fun. And who cares? More smoke, a bad business. That's Messages' way of saying vanity of vanities. What he's saying is, is if you work really hard to get all these things, but you're alone, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. The fourth thing is the loneliness of apprehension. Apprehension or fear causes isolation, which causes loneliness. I mean, fear of COVID has been driving our society for a couple of years now. Governments and media have, have, have uh, you know, played it up and told us to isolate and stay safe while mentally we fall apart. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says this, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire, he breaks out against all sound judgment. That's what the Bible says. Now, as I said before, on a purely physical level, you can limit infectious diseases by isolating. We know this. It's a medical fact. But despite knowing this, 
is mentally unhealthy to be isolated, fear still drives many people. And it's not just fear of COVID. Although I met a lady the other day, um, about a month ago, and she, she goes out of her house once every two months because she's fearful of getting COVID. She goes out of her house once every two months. See, that is an unhealthy fear, okay? But it's not just fear of COVID. The biggest fear that stops us connecting with other people is the fear of rejection. See, the apprehension that if you try to connect with someone, they will not like you and they will reject you. And, 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 you know, you may be here today feeling just that, afraid to open yourself up for fear that the other person will reject you or that you won't fit in. One of the things I love about our church is that we're, we, we tend to embrace people that don't fit in. And I love that about us because I've been in churches that are very clicky. And I don't want us to be a clicky church. I want us to be a loving church. And, you know, you have to demonstrate that. And the great thing is I can't legislate it from the front. It's organic. But when people genuinely love each other and love God, they start to reach out and minister to each other. And that's what we have in this church. If you're new here, it's very, very different. And I think, I think we're a community. I miss that community. All the pizza and pasta in the world doesn't make up for a community that we have right here. But the Lord says, if you have fear in your life, the Lord says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He, you do not need to be a slave to fear. You just don't. You do not need to be a slave to fear. Because he can heal you of that. The fifth one is the loneliness of alienation. Now, many things can alienate us, make us different to everybody else. Race can do it, language, beliefs, gender. I notice that, like, for example, all you South Africans, you get together and you have bought divorced and you do all that sort of stuff. Isn't that right? Sometimes. And, and see, because, because we've got a lot of South Africans in our church and they kind of tend to mingle together because they have similar ideas and I think that's fantastic because it is really alienating to go to another country and be different to everybody else isn't it who's experienced that I mean on a permanent basis you move to another country and you realize hey this is all different I don't really fit in it takes you a while to get that and it can happen on race it can happen on on language all sorts of things if you go to a country where you don't speak the language and they don't speak your language, it's pretty alienating, isn't it? You feel really like the, that you don't fit in. And in this world, the thing is, regardless of, of race, gender, all that sort of stuff, in this world, we're basically known as numbers. Did you realise that? We're not names anymore, we're numbers. We're, we're you know, your driver's licence, your credit card, your Medicare number. We're people, not numbers. And that's very alienating. Because you're not really a person anymore. You're just a bunch of numbers. I heard about two optometrists. This is an optometry joke, by the way. I heard about two optometrists talking one day. One says to the other, do you remember Mrs. Jones? The other guy says, no, who is she? He said, do you know, Mrs. Jones, she's a nice-looking lady, comes in here, has two preschool-age kids. The other guy goes, no, I can't place her. You know, she lives in Mumbai. She drives a great Corolla. He's going, no, I can't think of who she is. And he says, Mrs. Jones, plus one, minus one, two, five, axis 90 in the right eye. Oh, that Mrs. Jones. Okay, because we're just numbers. 
We remember people by their descriptions or prescriptions sometimes. And, you know, we're a generation of casual contacts. So I said, 500 Facebook friends, loneliest guy on earth. How many of your neighbours actually know you? How many do you want to know you? Listen, to God, you are not just a number in a crowd. He loves you intimately. I love John chapter 10, where Jesus talks about, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. It's relationship. Sixth, another form of loneliness is the loneliness of authority. Being in leadership can be the loneliest place of all. Peter Drucker, who's a guru of modern-day corporate management, says this. He says, the four toughest jobs in the USA is this. One, to be president of the USA. Two, to be president of a major university. Three, to be a chief administrator in a large hospital. And four, to be the senior pastor of a large church. That, I didn't say that. This management expert said that. Because it's really lonely when you're a leader. Winston Churchill, one of the greatest leaders of all time, he talked about the black dog of depression that used to follow him around. Why? Because he, when you're a leader, the buck stops with you and it's lonely at the top. It really is. And so I want to encourage, and you look at Moses in the Bible, Numbers 11. He goes to the Lord, he said, I cannot carry all these people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. And listen, I just want to encourage you, not for me, but for other leaders around, it's really easy to criticize and attack those in leadership. Politicians, pastors, bosses, your cell group leaders, whatever it is, it's easy to attack people in leadership. Because everybody has an opinion. Opinions are like noses. Everyone's got one and most of them smell. And, and so everybody has an opinion on everything these days, right? And it's really easy to attack someone who does something you don't agree with. But I want to encourage you to support those in leaderships, not just pastors and stuff, our politicians. We're very critical of them and rightly so at times, but we need to support them. Even if they're, even if they're not from the party you like, We've still got to love and support those guys because everyone else is attacking them. And I've got to tell you, in this church, we've had periods where I've been under quite a bit of attack, but I've got to tell you, we have great unity in our church. And I love um, that I have friends here that, that love and support me and a board that loves and supports and cares for me. And uh, without them and my wife, I would probably regularly plunge into loneliness and despair, I'll be honest. But we are blessed in this place. Proverbs 17 says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 18 says this, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And there really is. At the loneliest times in my life, I've sensed the, the Spirit of God right there with me. Because he's the answer to loneliness. What's the result of loneliness? <coughs> well, loneliness results in a miserable, depressing life. Are we agreed? Do you know many really intensely lonely people who are happy? They're not. It's miserable when you're, when you're lonely. It affects our moods. It affects our perspectives. It affects our personalities. It affects everything. That's why in Genesis, God said, Genesis 2, the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And you know, God looked at it right at the start and said, he needs to not be alone. He needs, he needs people around him. He needs community. Because loneliness is miserable and destructive. Elijah, 
if you go to 1 Kings 19, if you have a look at that, Elijah, he was an incredible prophet of the Lord. And he had this big showdown on Mount Carmel. You remember that? Where he took out the prophets of Baal. Light, you know, lightning falls from the sky and sets fire to all the, the offerings and he slays the prophets of Baal. So it's this incredible high. This guy is on a high. I mean, he is the greatest thing since sliced bread in the nation of Israel at that time. And the very next thing we see about him, he's on the run from Jezebel. And he goes to a cave and he's so alone. And his perspective... Listen to what he said, verse 14 of 1 Kings 19. This is what Elijah, Elijah, the great man who just a few moments before was doing amazing things and calling fire from heaven. This is what he said. <coughs> I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, am left and the only one left and they seek my life to take it away. So he's there. After doing these amazing things, he's there saying, God, I'm the only guy left. I'm so alone. And it changes your perspective. It changes the way you see things. Lonely people see things wrong. It's distorted by their loneliness. As you see with Elijah... And it takes great efforts to break that out. It is so difficult. And for some unknown reason, I've always puzzled over this, <coughs> but you may have seen this. Most people, when struggling in life, choose to self-isolate. Am I right? So I see it in church all the time. People struggle. So if they're struggling in some way, maybe physically with, a, with a, a, a physical condition or if they're struggling financially or if, they, if they're struggling with sin and sin is starting to rule their life, when they need people around them to pray with them and stand with them the most, almost always they choose to isolate and move away from the people who love them. I don't know why, but I do it. I don't know why. And, and there is, there's just some things that, I, I don't know why, but, but there's just some things, people just choose to isolate. And, and I believe that's the, you know, that's the moment you need to press into God and reach out to him and say, Lord, help me and reach out to others around you. So let me move on to what is the cure for loneliness. The cure for lo loneliness, I know it sounds simple, but the cure for loneliness is companionship. It's being connected. That's why I believe church, the church, right across this nation and around the world is perfectly situated to touch the lives of our people right now. Why? Because we've spent years in isolation and in the post-COVID world, people are lonely and isolated and we are a community. And if we don't reach out to them with community, with genuine love and community, they're going to find community somewhere else. With, a, with some other group of people. But we all, we all crave community. And that's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, do not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But, you know, continue to meet together. We are, we are commanded to continue to meet together, yet, under duress, we often isolate. Jesus' last words on earth is called the Great Commission. And I want to reference the Great Commission, which you'll be familiar with, in regards to loneliness for Christians. So it's up here. Have a look at this. 
Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, say it with me, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now we love that bit. Because it says, the Lord is with us always. We love that. He's always there with us. But that comes at the end of a whole bunch of commandments about the Great Commission. So what does the Great Commission teach us about curing loneliness? Well, the first thing is we need a supernatural identity. Jesus came to his disciples. Why? Because they were his. He knew that. There was relationship there and he knew knew them intimately. They were his. They belonged to him. He shared their, his authority with them. And he said earlier in, in John chapter 10, 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see, Christianity is not a ritual and it's not a religion. It's a relationship. This was what struck us when we were overseas. We, you know, people are doing religious stuff, but that's not, that's not real. Because it's a real relationship. And I actually got to, to uh, share with a few people and talk about how, how in my world, God speaks to me and I hear him every day out of his word. And, and uh, one of our guides said, really, tell me about how God speaks to you every day. So I did. Because it, it's a living, vital relationship with God, isn't it? It's not just a bunch of stuff you do. I used to think that, that Christianity was like, if you did the right things, God's, God is obligated to bless you. So I thought, well, if I go through these rituals and do all of this stuff, God's got to do what I want him to do. That's not true. Because God is God, right? But when you have a relationship with God, your will lines up with his will all of a sudden. Because you know him and he knows you. You see, at the end of the day, Christianity is not a religion and it's not ritual. It's a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So no matter how you feel about you, and some of you will look at yourself and say, I don't like me. I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I say, who's that old bloke looking at me? You know, because we look at ourselves, we don't like ourselves all the time. But that's not important. Because the Bible says that you are someone who is worthwhile. <coughs> The Bible says you were created in the image of God. You are full of value. You are full of promise. And, and that, is, that is your identity. That is your spiritual identity. And our spiritual identity gets attacked because people attack us. And so we feel bad about ourselves because they say bad things about us. But we have to remember, this is our authority on who we are, not, not what people say. You cannot live your life based on what people say and do to you. You're going to have a miserable journey. But if you look at the word of God and you look at, say, Jeremiah 1 verse 5, God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations from before you were born. When you were in your mother's womb, God had a destiny and a plan for you. That's your, your identity is in him. And, and a lot of people, you know, your parents would say to you, oh, you know, they'd introduce you to people when you're a kid. So this is our little, our little mistake. No, you're not. Oh, this is our little surprise. God wasn't surprised. 
you know, you are not a mistake. You are made in the image of God. And if you come to, if you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, that image will start to form and you'll start to see what, what can happen, what, who you can be in your life. Because you are made in God's image and you are not a mistake. <coughs> and I don't care if you're too tall, too short, too fat, too thin. I don't care. God doesn't make mistakes. You give him the broken pieces of your life and you see what he can make of it. He can create something amazing. God created you with purpose and meaning. But when you ask the Lord Jesus into your life, you become a child of the King of Kings. And what does that make you? A prince or a princess. So start acting like it. What about the? The queen? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Prince or a princess? Well, a child of the king of kings. But he, ha he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you. Do not think you're a mistake. You know, I, there is not one person in this room that is a mistake. And I don't care if you think you're too smart, too dumb, too dorky, whatever it is. God made you that way. Let him show you what he has for you. When you belong to Jesus, he comes to you. He, he speaks to you, he commands you, he promises you, he loves you, and he leads you. He can remove your loneliness when you discover your supernatural identity is in him. The second thing you need to cure loneliness is a spiritual community. See, when Jesus, you think back to that, that great commission, what did Jesus say? He said, go and make disciples of all nations. So he sent, he sent his, his people out on a, on a mission from God. Who's seen the Blues Brothers? Okay, you're on a mission from God. But he sent people out, not to win converts, but to make disciples. How do you make a disciple? You don't just convert them. They become part of your community. That's how you disciple them. <coughs> if you just win them to Christ and they go somewhere else, that's not discipling. And we've been called to disciple people, to form his community, his body. Do you remember... When Jesus first sent the, the disciples out, Luke chapter 10 says this, After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out ahead of him two by two to every town and place where he himself was about to go. <coughs> Why didn't the Lord send them out alone? Why did he send them out in twos? Because he knew that people need people. He knew that two is better than one. He knew that two can support one another. The Lord knew he needed to have the presence of fellow servants beside you in the road of life. And even serving him requires people serving at your side. As Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their toil. See, that's why the Bible calls us not to abandon meeting together. It's not because God wants to have nice churches. It's not because he wants to tally it up and find out who's in church and who isn't. It's because we need one another. We're community. We're part of, you know, we're, we're part of his body. He doesn't need us scattered everywhere. He needs us together in community. We need each other. And when we're together, of course, he promises to be there too. Matthew 18, for where two or three are gathered in my name, what does it say? There am I with them. If you want to experience the presence of God, get together with others who are experiencing the presence of God.
Because when two or three gather, he is there. So our church here at Ignite is about real people in a real community serving a real God. And Ignite's community is a cure for loneliness. And I love the way that we love and accept people. If you're new here... (coughs) Stick around for coffee afterwards. Come this afternoon because we would love to get to know you. We're not here to judge you. We're here to love you and accept you as part of our community. Whatever your background, wherever you've come from, you can find a place in a genuine community right here. And a genuine community is part of the cure for loneliness. And a shout out to our online friends. Many of you watch every week, I know. And you're part of our community, even though we can't share a coffee with you. But we love you too, and we want to stay connected to you. Do we hear an amen to that? Because in this modern world, sometimes community, online community, is all that is available. But we've got people that tune in from around the world, and they're still part of our community. And we love that. The third part is a servant mentality. See, when Jesus sent us out in the Great Commission, he said, therefore go, make disciples, teach, baptize. Jesus is teaching us, telling us to reach out to others. One way to overcome loneliness is to minister to others. When we reach out and help others in Jesus' name, loneliness does seem to evaporate. When our focus is on others, we don't seem as lonely. And I've experienced this. If you, if you give selflessly to others... Then, then oftentimes your loneliness can dissipate. People are waiting all the time for someone to take away their loneliness, but God calls on you to go and help someone else to share his love and salvation with them. And when we open uh, and we obey him and we open our heart up to that, our loneliness seems to flee. Isaiah 58, let me read this to you. I love Isaiah 58. But let me read this to you. It says, that, this is a promise from God. If you pour yourself out, that means serve. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, so that's what he's asking us to do, listen to the result. (coughs) Then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom shall be as uh, noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. You see, when we pour ourselves out for others, we are ministered to. Loneliness, I believe, can be conquered. In 2022... Our message to an isolated world is that you can conquer loneliness. What gives us peace? What gives us purpose? What do we really need in life to not be lonely? We need identity to know who we are. We need community and we need to be serving a servant's heart. And if we do that, loneliness seems to flee away. Someone has once said there are three basic human needs in life. Let me tell you these. Number one is we need to be loved. Are we agreed? Everyone needs to be loved. I don't care who you are, you need to be loved. And some of you guys are saying, oh, that's soppy stuff, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, you need to be loved. Everyone needs to be loved. And you are loved in Christ and you are identified with him. We sang that song before, no one loves me like you do. And no one loves you like the Lord does. But people can gather around you and love you. He loves you, though, and he abides with Christians at all times. The second thing is we need to be understood. 
In Christ you are understood. In God's loving family, you discover who you are, what you should be doing in your life. And I've found that a church family is a wonderful place to dissipate loneliness. Not all church families. I've been, have you ever been in church and you feel like you're, you're standing there and you're, like it's all happening around you and no one sees you? Have you? Who's experienced that? Hopefully not here. <laughs> but, but I've definitely been in churches where that is, I've felt like that. And we, folks, if you're a regular here at Ignite, love people. Because we must not have people who come into this place and say, man, everybody was friendly around me and I was the loneliest guy in the world just standing in the middle. There are people at Ignite who will love you, help you, pray for you and work, work for the Lord alongside you. The third thing is we need to be needed. In the family of God, you are needed. Everyone has something to contribute, as John shared before. When you come to the Lord... He gives you the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have something to contribute to God's kingdom. If you're feeling lonely at the moment, let me ask you, are you serving him? Because my experience is, and I believe the word of God teaches this, is that when we serve him, if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all this other stuff, right? What are you focusing on today? We started with Paul's description of loneliness. Remember, I read that out right at the beginning in 2 Timothy, where Paul talked about how lonely he felt. But this same Paul wrote these words in Romans chapter 8. He wrote this, For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing but nothing separates us from him. Nothing can separate, nothing at all. He is our truest friend. He sticks closer than a brother. And if you're lonely this morning, if you're lonely this morning, and I believe there are many here that are, in our society, we are the, the loneliest society. We really, really are. One of the things I noticed, um, we were at a, a little town in, um, in Tuscany and this family came in to have a meal and there was about 500,000 of them and they just invaded this place and there was olive oil and wine going every which way and there were generations from young right up to really old and, they had, and I looked at it and I said, that just doesn't happen much where we are. It doesn't, does it? You know, we, it, they've got something in that area that we should learn from. You see, nothing, you know, nothing can separate you from God, but I can't snap my fingers and cure your loneliness today. I can't go, bang, a simple prayer. Hey, you're set free, suddenly you're not lonely anymore. But what we can do as a church is share the journey with you out of loneliness. And some of you here are, are, are desperately lonely, I know. And you struggle with it and you're burdened with it. But remember, you are worthwhile. God loves you. He's given you a community around you. And as you serve him, he is going to open stuff up. And I believe that God is going to take, take you on a journey out of loneliness. It takes time. It really does. It's not a quick fix. But overcoming loneliness is a journey that you can share with people who love you. And that's what we're about. So however lonely you feel right now, however lonely you, you sense you are, whether the reasons for your loneliness are real or valid or, or whatever, your journey out of loneliness starts with a decision. 
It starts with you saying, I choose life, Lord. I'm deciding right now to connect to God, to recognize who you are in him, to connect with others and to know the joy of serving. It starts with a decision. Would you bow your heads? I believe the Lord is speaking to our hearts this morning on loneliness. He's speaking to our hearts and he's saying, my child, I love you. Lord, we just acknowledge that no one can love us like you do. No one loves us the way you do. But as God has just opened your heart to him this morning, if you are lonely, if you are struggling with loneliness, we want to gather around you and celebrate you and share this journey with you and confirm that you are loved, you are blessed, you are part of our, our, our community of faith and we want to share with you and abide with you and, and hang out with you and not have you be lonely anymore. The cure for loneliness is connection to God and to others. If you're struggling with loneliness right now, don't be ashamed, but don't be passive either. It starts with a decision. If you are struggling with loneliness right now, just where you're seated, I'm just going to ask you to quickly raise your hand up and put it down. Come on, there'll be many of you. Let's be honest. There's a few of you are struggling with loneliness. If that's you, just raise your hand up where you are and just put it down very quickly. Because I believe God can cure loneliness starting this morning. Let's stand together. Just keep your eyes closed. To be connected to God and to his community, you need to ask Jesus into your life. If you've never asked him into your life, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask you to commit your life to him and ask him into your life as your Lord and your Savior. And as you do, you don't join a church or a religion. You join the greatest family on earth. And you become part of his family. If you've never asked the Lord into your life, this is your moment. Say these words with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. But right now, Lord, I ask you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for making me part of your forever family. If you prayed that for the first time or the first time in a long time, just shoot your hand up where you are very quickly and put it down. Thank you. Are there any more? And now for the rest of us. Some of us feel lonely, feel abandoned. We don't talk about it. We don't want people to know about it. But secretly we are. And if you are struggling with loneliness this morning, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and pray this with me. Because I believe God can, can draw you near. 
I believe God can reach out and wrap his arms around you. So if that's you, just raise your hand where you are. And just say these words with me. Lord, I feel alone. But I open my heart to you and ask that you wrap your arms around me. Just let him minister to you this morning. Just open your heart to him and let him speak to you. Because he is the cure for loneliness. It's about relationship with God and relationship with others. Just let him speak to your heart this morning. Let him speak to you. Let him wrap his arms around you. Let him give you a big bear hug. Because I know he's looking at you. He's saying, my child, I love you. My child, I care for you. My child, you are precious to me.